Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Rob Palinka says he wants continuity. What exactly does continuity mean? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free, never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out with almost 18,000 subscribers um, who are talking to each other, talking to us, leaving questions, leaving comments, and getting very excited about the beginning of free agency on Friday. We are a day away, 3 p.m. on uh on Friday afternoon, Pacific time. It's a little bit different, Andy, than the old days of the of the 12, the, the midnight phone call, which is really my favorite thing in the entire, like one of my favorite things about NBA life was just like, who is your 1201 phone call? Your 301 phone call doesn't have the same ring, but I'm still excited for free agency. It's just way the hell more practical. Like the idea of having to wine and dine your top free agent at 1.30 in the morning at a steakhouse <laughs> is just the dumbest thing <laughs> like it why really are we, why are we all staying up late <laughs> right i mean in all honesty everybody whether you're talking about the execs whether you're talking about the players the agents whoever everybody can make better decisions at 7 30 p.m than 2 30 in the morning I mean, <laughs> like honestly just... that might explain the timofey mozgov uh 1201 call as much as anything mitch just didn't want to stay up that late it's like you know what no. i want to get some work done and then I want to go to bed. My theory, I've held on to this theory for about seven years now, and I, I remain insistent. Accidentally called the wrong guy. Mozgov <laughs> picked up. Totally awkward. And at that point, he had no choice but to offer him. It was a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was too much, whatever it was. Too much. Um, so you know what to get into? Still a better contract than Luol Deng. I will, I will make that argument forever. Um, so as you can see over there, plenty to get into in the show um as as free agency approaches um the lakers have a lot of decisions to make and a lot of different ways they can go about it um the big news coming out of tuesday um into wednesday certainly impacts what we're going to see on thursday and friday um rob palinka spoke to the media as he introduced the rookies uh jalen Huchfino and maxwell lewis to the local media but of course a lot of questions in there about what they plan to do um, this offseason and Palinka once again, as they have done throughout the offseason, talked about proof of concept. Andy, they believe they have it with this group um, that went to the Western Conference Finals. They finished 18 and six, um, you know, did well in the play in, made it to the conference finals, did all that stuff. And uh, Palinka says, like, they have shown that they can go out and win and he, they want to gain continuity and bring back the core. Um, we'll get into some of the subtleties of what that might mean based on news that broke on Wednesday. But your reaction to hearing him talk again about continuity, bringing back the core, uh, and 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 proof of concept. It, it's interesting just when you look at Rob Palenka's track record as a whole um, in running basketball for the Lakers, which as far as methodology goes, I think it's safe to say has been all over the map. In mm. terms of what what they've set out to do in different off seasons, um, at times some of the some of the vacillating, I guess philosophies I, I think have had there have been unusual circumstances dictating them. Like 
the the moves that they made after you talk about him like he's like a 20 year old philosophy student at university for the first time trying on a lot of different approaches to life in in certain ways i think it was i mean we yeah. saw the first the first year that he was running basketball ops fully his shop um you know they brought in anthony davis but the original model was three stars waiting on Kawhi. that didn't work out and they ended up sort of by design, sort of through some specific luck with a really well-modulated roster around LeBron and AD. They made a lot of pretty big moves in that offseason after winning a championship. I think a lot of that was justifiable and specifically dictated coming off the pandemic-shortened season and that quick turnaround. And I, it's the rare time where I think you actually could not practically run back a championship team. It's unusual, mm -hmm. but I think in this particular case, it made sense. Um, then he took the mother of all big swings, uh, the mother of all unnecessary back to the three, back, swings. They, 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 they go back to the three stars. Though. Yeah, right. And then um, we are where we are now. What I think is interesting about it, though, is on one hand, I think it speaks to a very good, practical, grounded approach by Rob Palenka in the idea that this group really did a lot of good work mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time with no real time to gel LeBron missing for a lot of it. You could be optimistic about what they could do with an actual training camp. The flip side of it is though, there aren't really a lot of opportunities for the Lakers to do much else other well, than seek yeah. out continuity because the only real big swing they could make would be to, gut everything seeking out Kyrie Irving or I guess maybe to a lesser degree Fred Van Vliet other than in that term, really in terms big, of big big swings big yeah. big so, well even look even middle size swings they're, they're not they're well, not let's, gonna let's have depend, it depends ahead. a little bit on what you define as a middle size swing and by the way I should mention today's episode is brought to you by the game time app download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed um i mean like a couple things are dependent on how you define swing and how you define continuity because on uh wednesday there was a lot of chatter that the lakers are very seriously considering um working their way towards being able to use the the full exception the full non-taxpayer uh exception and that would be worth about 12 million bucks a little over 12 million which by the way can be used for more than one player um which is a, an important thing that will be, be relevant as we talk about this in the next segment and beyond um to do that basically you'd have a situation where the lakers who have a decision to make about uh, malik beasley and um mobamba today um Still haven't been able to find the time. Like it could already be done by the time everybody hears this. Um, and you know, if if they've picked up those guys, uh, or if they've let those guys go, they can um, make a run at that exception. It does a few things. It hard caps them at that first apron if they use it at 172 million in payroll. Um, and it would mean you have to at least try to figure out you could bring back Beasley. We'll get into all that. You can't bring back Bamba um, easily, at least. 
But you could go at a guy like Bruce Brown, who was linked to the Lakers on Wednesday. You could make a full mid-level for any of these guys. You know, Dante DiVincenzo is a player who's out there with that thing. Max Struess, the Lakers need shooting, could make a run at somebody like that. And so with that in mind, it gets to the idea of what exactly constitutes continuity and then what are the, the benefits and risks of actually going down this path where the Lakers could give themselves an avenue towards a player like Bruce Brown, at least a credible opportunity to make an offer to a player like that. Um, and, you know, are they better off than what they might be if they just kept Beasley and Bamba around and had the smaller exception? Plenty of things to break down, Andy. We'll get to all of it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you haven't signed up for Prize Picks, you are missing out on daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best DFS prop game on the market. They offer more props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer the superstar players, the bench players. Just pick two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less in their Prize Picks stats projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money. Prize Picks offers projections on everything from MLB to WNBA to golf to cricket and the big three. Here are some of the former Lakers playing in Ice Cube's league that you can make some statsy predictions on. Michael Beasley, Jody Meeks, Earl Clark, Corey Brewer, and Devin Ebanks, who somehow still isn't 35 years old yet. Amazing. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe, fast withdrawals. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using the promo code Locked On. Again, do not forget to enter the promo code Locked On at the sign-up for the instant match. If you're not playing prize picks, you honestly don't know what you're missing. So this from Mike Singer uh, at the Denver Post, one team with significant interest in signing Bruce Brown away from Denver is the Los Angeles Lakers. Multiple sources told the Denver Post the Lakers could offer him the full MLE, $12.3 million annually. The Nuggets can only offer up $7.8. Um, the Lakers would put themselves in this scenario in a big group of teams that would try to throw, at the very least, their full mid-level at a player like Bruce Brown. Um, there are some teams that perhaps could go over to give, you know, you know, cap teams with actual cap space that could spend into it and all that. But the Lakers would give themselves a shot that they wouldn't otherwise have, certainly um, if they were just playing, paying the taxpayer. They get there um, basically by letting Vanderbilt, I'm sorry, letting Beasley go, letting Bamba go. Um, for the time being, you're probably letting Lonnie Walker go and dudes like that. And you have about 45 or so million dollars or so to spend between Rui, Austin Reeves, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Bruce Brown. You got to cram all those guys in there um, to stay under that $172 million hard cap. For the purposes of our conversation, that's basically what we're working with. And it really gets to, Andy, the conversations that we've been having for the last week or so about what the market looks like, because the, the in this scenario, it matters a lot if Hachimura gets 14 million versus 16, if D'Lo gets 16 versus 19 or something like that. And these trends that have seemed to pull the market down a little bit for a lot of players, um, if the Lakers 
go this route, it probably means they're pretty confident at the very least, if it's not Bruce Brown, they can get a really good player um, f- at that full exception or feel very confident they could split it up between two really useful players that would help them more than the guys they're letting go and still keep Hachimura, Russell, players like that. Yeah, I mean, the devil's going to really be in the details of the accounting, although there are a couple things that help in terms of fixed amounts that you know you can work with. First of all, um, for bookkeeping purposes, Jared Vanderbilt is going to be a Laker. The Lakers picked up his team option. It, It became reported yesterday i don't know if it's official or not but this was considered a no-brainer jared vanderbilt makes under five million dollars a year unless you're going to be looking to clear decks for the Kyrie plan or something like that he's just too cost effective a player and too useful right you don't need but you don't need to do that for to make the space for a for the for the full mid-level that's no no i understand understand. i'm I'm saying to to further your point, it's not something that right. needs to be done for that. No. Like the other thing that's going to be helpful to some degree for the Lakers in terms of just projecting all this is no matter what the total of Austin Reeves's contract is over four years, like whether it's the $52 million that the Lakers, the max that they could proactively sign Austin Reeves to, or if it ends up $100 million – you know what it is the first year. So in terms of the accounting... Right, so for accounting purposes, you can already sort of earmark that money of Vanderbilt and Reeves in figuring all this out. You know, the from there, though, it is just about, like, hoping that the market for D'Lo is as soft as people seem to think it is, that the rest of the league hasn't bought into the three months of Rui in L.A. the way the Lakers seem to have. And, you know, those offers are going to dictate ultimately, you know, how aggressive they have to go or how high over their comfort zone they'll have to go in order to keep Rui. You know, the more aggressive the offers are around the league, the more the Lakers are going to be put in an uncomfortable position. Right. I mean, it is worth also worth noting the Lakers in this scenario would have access potentially to a biannual exception, but you still got to fit. You have to fit. I, th- I think that one's going to be about, it's about four and a half, but something like that. All of it needs to fit under that first apron. The Lakers would be capped out at 172 million. They cannot go a penny over it at any point in the season, um, which has, risks it has potential issues that that go along with it um but like this is where earlier in the week we were talking about nas reed um and this idea that you know what minnesota did was go a couple million a season over what a team could offer him in um with with a full mid-level and you know i think that's gonna be the opening strategy for the Lakers. The question becomes, do the Indianas, who have, I think, $30 million to spend, Houston has a billion dollars to spend. Um, and teams, by the way, have to spend it now. That's part of the uh, the new CBA. It's like, you have to spend the money now. Um, do they want Rui Hachimura? Is that the kind of guy that they want to put cap space, like use their cap space for? I don't think so. Um, I just I, I don't think that's the, the direction a lot of teams are, are going. I think a lot of teams want to be able to use a full mid-level, which will create real competition for a guy like Brown. 
But I feel like the Lakers, if they just go in with like 14 and a half million for three seasons, could probably get Rui off the market potentially pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, the Rui and Delo are in a really interesting place in where you can argue that the teams they help the most or that you can see the fit most directly is actually the team they're currently with, you know, the Lakers. Like D'Angelo Russell's fit around the league for the teams that would have the most money to pay him is, I think, at best pretty dicey. Like Rui, a lot of it depends on how much do you think he can potentially grow because he's young enough that maybe you feel like, okay, by the time San Antonio, for example, becomes a player with Wembenyama, if, say, they really feel like, you know, in a couple of years, he is going to be good enough where if you put him on your team, you're a playoff team by definition of having him, like, then all of a sudden Rui Hachimura can make sense with them. Like, he he's somebody that actually can fit along that timeline. By then, he's like 26 years old. But it just – it the teams that they – again, this favors the Lakers. The teams that it seems like that have the most amount of money – None of them feel like as good of a fit for Rui or especially D'Lo than the Lakers. Again, that's an advantage for the Lakers. So which is the better option? Uh, street A, Road A, where the Lakers kind of just run it back where they are, um, or where you let some players go and make a run at a guy like Bruce Brown, who, uh, as we all saw in the Western Conference Finals, is good. <laughs> Really, really good. Not perfect, but really, really good. Um, so I will uh, lay some of that out in the next segment, Andy. I'm interested which direction you would go. We'll do it next. So if you're looking for the uh, the the biggest, the best argument for go for Bruce Brown, whether that is literally Bruce Brown or figuratively Bruce Brown, somebody that you think you could get for a full mid-level exception. The basic argument for that, Andy, is you are allowing access to the best possible players that you can get while still keeping the important, the most important members of your core. Like we, we will find out like, are you, when Rob Palenka is talking about continuity, is he talking about you, player on the Lakers? We'll find out. I think he means, you know, obviously LeBron AD, Austin Reeves, Rui. I think D'Lo is what he's talking about. You know, D'Lo's definitely in that conversation. Counts as part of that core. They're bringing back Vanderbilt. Um, it wouldn't shock me in this scenario if a guy like Troy Brown sneaky comes back through the back door on a minimum deal again for next year. Stuff but like he's that. not continuity. Troy Brown is not continuity. He's not continuity, but he's a player who played a lot of minutes last year who could play more minutes this year sure, if he were on he, the team again. Maybe, maybe. He's but not, he, he may not be part of the core, but I think he is. When you talk about continuity, that means bringing back a healthy chunk of your roster from last year, including the most important guys. Right, but to so, me, unless you bring back the most important guys – then it ceases to be continuity. Like, right, but I, but for, I included them in the list. No, I know that, but I also I'm, could include some of the less important guys. Right, but I'm saying in order for the less important guys to matter, because I, I think this distinction matters, in order for the less important guys to matter, the more important ones need to be there. Like, let's say D'Lo and Rui walk, 
and Schroeder ends up with a bigger offer than Lakers can give him. And the continuity is Lonnie Walker, Mo Bamba, <laughs> Malik right. Beasley. That's not that ain't core. continuity. That's not your core. I agree with you, but that's not. I don't think what they're talking about here. So, right. But you, you, we, we had spoken before about defining what continuity means to begin with. I'm okay, saying for the fair. for these purposes, I don't consider Troy Brown, or in a lot of ways, even Jared Vanderbilt, necessarily what they are thinking about as continuity or the core of continuity. I think they are periphery continuity that could matter, but mm-hmm. they can't represent continuity without other guys being there. Of course. I, I think that's true. So that's the upside. Like Bruce Brown makes the Lakers better. And he is better than anybody they can outright, without somebody taking some sort of unexpected, unrealistic in term for planning purposes, unrealistic discount. Um, because they just want to play with LeBron or just want to play in LA or whatever the reason might be. Bruce Brown is better than anybody, literally or figuratively, Bruce Brown, somebody on that level is better than anybody they're going to be able to sign. That's the the basic argument. The more good players you have, the better. Um, The downside is, and these are real things to think about, you may let players go Potentially useful players, Mo Bamba, we talked about it earlier in the week, and the everydayers certainly understand, fills a need that will be difficult for them to fill if they just let him go. And unlike Beasley, who um, because he has a team option, the Lakers can decline it and then look to re-sign him at a at a smaller deal. Bamba has with a bird rights. Right. With their bird rights. They could max him out if they want. Um uh, <laughs> Bamba, because he has a a partial guarantee, the Lakers would have to release him, and then they lose those bird rights and, and all the rights that go along with it. Harder to bring him back in that scenario. Um, so you could let useful players go and then not get who you want. Um, so that that is a problem. You would be hard capped um, at that you know er, at that first apron, which could be a problem later in the season if you're trying to add players you need to move guys around whatever it might be another thing that's that's worth it bomba and beasley particularly beasley would be a nice luxury to have in terms of later flexibility and your ability to make trades because you could move a guy who might not be part of your rotational core but still makes enough money uh being bomba too potentially guys who aren't the most important players on your team who you could then trade and add a player who could really become much more important and, and, and fill a bigger need than those two guys otherwise could. You're really hampering your future flexibility. If you go down this road with the, the big exception, the team you end up with in training camp is pretty much probably the team you're going to have to play with all season. Yeah, I mean, what what I think is interesting about it, because you said before, like maybe not literally Bruce Brown, but figuratively Bruce Brown, as far as like the individual players that could be gotten with that bigger uh, exception. Yeah, the caliber of player. Right. Well, but here's the thing, though. It might have to literally be, for these purposes, Bruce Brown, because all the other guys, there aren't a lot of free agents out there that would be making 12-ish million dollars that I think would actually be within the Lakers range. Like a lot of them are restricted free agents. A lot of them are going to be making way more than 12 million, like 12 mil won't be enough. So I think you, if you're not thinking about Bruce Brown, you're thinking about two guys who 
you can't quite get with the taxpayer mid-level, but maybe if you had $6 million for each of them, like slightly above the taxpayer mid-level, you could get two of them. Maybe that's like, a Schroeder and, Schroeder and another guy. Right, exactly. You like that, Dennis, and you can go get one more dude. Like I don't think that other than Bruce Brown, there's anybody that would be making $12 million, much less more, that actually would be that accessible for the Lakers to begin with. Um, you know, in certain respects, I think about this, like if you had to choose between Bruce Brown and D'Angelo Russell, you know, which, which depending on the market for D'Lo, if maybe it ends up a little bit bigger than one might expect, or maybe the market is bigger for Rui than you expect, which, which you want to keep Rui, but it impacts how much you're willing to spend on D'Angelo Russell if you have to make that type of choice between D'Lo and Bruce Brown, because maybe you can't ultimately end up having both, who do you choose? Um, you know, it, it's going to start turning into the prioritizing of certain players, you know, that you mm -hmm. have in front of you. It's pretty obvious the two guys they covet the most are Austin and Rui. Like those are the guys that I think the Lakers would be extremely hard pressed to not keep in the fold. Right. I think everybody else, there there are varying degrees of interest, some stronger, D'Lo and Dennis, than others, Lonnie, Malik. You know, but but either way, right? Because you know, you're right. Like when you go through, now, I, I don't. This is you know, we're you go through the list. It's like there are players out there that are interesting and appealing, but you know, are you going to be able to get Cam Johnson away from nope. Brooklyn with a no. mid level? No, they'll match nope. that. Are you? You're gonna be able to get PJ Washington away from Charlotte with it. No, they're gonna match that. And right. so that's you know, what Josh I'm saying. Hart, you know, is Josh really Hart gonna match for that? No, I think he's no. gonna get more in New York. And um, it really is Bruce Brown or nobody, I think, in terms of one guy for maybe. the big exception. What about Dylan Brooks? Thankfully, I don't think he'll cost that much. <laughs> but he it actually could be a guy that you split with. Yeah. Depending on depending on it is, but like it, some of this though, it, it is interesting. Like it is a bit of a, an avenue. Like, do you feel like trying to keep Schroeder, which could be easier if you have that larger exception, mm -hmm. um, is worth you know, and probably another player. I don't think Dennis will cost you the full mid level, but no. um, I wouldn't think. But no. that you know, with you know, another pretty good player, is that worth putting yourself in that? box where you don't have a lot of the flexibility what denver is ultimately hoping for is that they can make a 7.7 .7 million dollar contract this year for bruce brown a one plus one that is very very wink wink you are going to opt out we will give you the all the Much back more. money right. that you need everybody knows what we're doing please ride this out with us for another year because you're too important to this team and, you know, we have coveted you and you've had more success with us than any other team. Yeah, don't be surprised, by the way, if uh, what a lot of Lakers do what a lot of teams are doing, which is uh, agree with Bamba and um, Beasley uh, to extend the deadline for yeah. making this choice, you know, whether that opens up a trade or the ability to, um, you know, to, 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 to sort of extend this into the beginning of the free agency period. Um, that is also something that, that could very well happen. Um, 
Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out, and get ready for free agency. Um, some interesting decisions the Lakers have to make. Of course, we'll be covering it in full for Friday's show and beyond into the weekend uh, and into the 4th of July holiday weekend, which is never a holiday for people who cover the NBA. Uh, and uh, we will see everybody on Friday.